Hi, I'm Emily Salaby, founder of Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company, and your host on the Hazard Girls podcast here on Jacket Media. I'm so honored to host this show where I get to chat with Hazard Girls about their careers. Hazard Girls is an online community for women working in traditionally male-dominated fields. On our show, you'll get to hear from these amazing women about the path that led them to their current careers, challenges they've overcome, advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. Alicia Streetman is an arborist and tree climber with Alpine Arborist Tree Care based in Lake Tahoe, California. Alicia was first introduced to tree climbing through Cal Poly's Collegiate Timber Sports Team while she was earning her degree in forestry and natural resources. Alicia is now a certified arborist starting her sixth year of climbing trees for a private residential tree service. She especially loves the tall, beautiful conifers of the Sierra Nevada and feels so lucky to get to climb around in them almost every single day. Alicia, you are lucky. What an amazing job. I love it. It's really great. Well, Alicia, you and I actually met on Instagram. You had messaged Juno Jones asking about shoes for arborists. And um, we have a bunch of different people that run our Instagram, but I saw your message and I completely just like snagged you. And I was like, we need you on the podcast because we've never had a female tree arborist. We've never had a, a tree climber or a tree arborist on our podcast. Um, so, you know, this is definitely Hazard Girls territory and such an interesting job. So we're really excited to learn a little bit about what you do. Um, but like I said, you, you got in touch with us because you're curious about footwear, PPE, basically. And not only are you a woman, but you're a petite woman, as you said. So what has it been like for you trying to find the right PPE for the job? Yeah, quite the question. Um, thank you. First of all, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Um, finding... PPE and climbing equipment has been the bane of my career path. <laughs> um, yeah. Like the challenge. And I've been on a mission, especially the past couple years. I've started feeling like instead of just complaining about it and struggling, I'm just emailing every company I can think of and explaining. And I go, I just went to an arborist convention through ISA and I went to all the booths and introduced myself. Um, and asked if they made things in my size, and usually they don't. Um, mm -hmm. Like you said, I'm I'm really petite. I'm five feet tall, flat. That's it. So uh, there's not. I've yet to meet another. There are female arborists and tree climbers out there for sure, and we're hoping to get more and more of us. Um, but I've yet to meet somebody my size, so it's an extra challenge. I completely understand that. I've had companies reach out to me for partnering. Um, maybe they make other types of PPE like vests and they say, oh, we do women. And I asked you how extra small, because that's my size. And if they don't have it, I cannot partner with them because I can't wear, if I can't wear it, how can I possibly promote it? So I, I think that's such a good point. Lots of women are extra smalls and, um, you know, not everybody fits into like the middle range of sizing. So it's really important. So, um, when you when you're contacting all these companies because I didn't know that I didn't realize you had been contacting lots of companies what has been the response from people um a wide range you know sometimes you just get automated responses like I messaged Carhartt because it felt like they had stopped making things in my size and they were mm -hmm. like 
we vlogged your response. Thank you. <laughs> and other times I get real people like you, which is awesome, or people who are saying like, you know, we want to do that, just not yet. We're still small. Um, I do understand like from a, I guess, business perspective, there's not a huge market. Like I said, mm -hmm. there's definitely less of us who would be buying those things. Um, but there are some companies out there who make things in custom sizes and they are my mm -hmm. favorite. Definitely mm. expensive, but there's like, for example, my chainsaw protective trousers that I wear instead of chaps. There's one company that makes them custom. They're in New Zealand. They're called Clouder. Oh. And if they didn't exist, I would, I was climbing in just like pants. I didn't have any protection. So I'm really grateful for companies like that. And I'm really hoping we can get more companies on board with that. Yeah. And I'm curious what uh, I mean, as your company or do companies usually pay for this uh, extra because it's obviously costing you more to import it from New Zealand custom? Yeah, so I'm I'm really, really lucky. I love the company I work with and the crew I have. Um, they're awesome and super inclusive. My boss will jokingly grumble with me about how expensive my pants cost, but he pays <laughs> for them, um, which is great because he pays for all the guys and mine just costs a little more. Um, I don't know that everyone would do that. And I definitely have struggled with feeling like as a woman and like as the only woman on my crew, sometimes that I need more things or I'm more needy or employers won't think it's valuable because they'll have to like pay more to have me on board. Um, but that's not the case where I'm at right now. And it's really great. I'm thankful for that. That's so great to hear. And I think you brought up a good point about diversity and inclusion. It really is uh, a DEI or diversity, equity, and inclusion issue to make sure that these things are available to women, um, you know, by letting companies know that it's out there. Because for a while they were saying, oh, these things just don't exist. But now we, it's hard to argue that because there's lots of companies, even smaller ones, um, you know, that do exist. So it's just a matter of getting it to people. And I love that your company is paying for it. Well, Alicia, my mom always told me when I was growing up and I was a kid, when you choose your job, make sure that you like where you're going to be. Like if you, if you, you know, think about where you're going to be, because that's like every day of your life. So yeah. have you always loved trees in the outdoors? I have. Um, yeah, I'm, I feel very lucky that my dad took me camping a lot. I mean, my, my mom did too. My dad really, we did like father daughter backpacking trips um in the series and so I kind of got a taste for it there and then in college I actually didn't even know that you could study forestry or you know wild forest forested landscapes kind of I thought it was like horticulture or you know and I wasn't as interested in that and I actually applied to college as a graphic design major graphic communications and I was on my computer immediately every day and said oh yeah. no this is not good <laughs> right and so I looked up other majors where I could be outside as much as possible and found forestry and um, it totally changed the direction of my life so I'm really glad that that happened yeah it, it seems like I guess I'm on the east coast and um, it's forestry is I don't think as big here I never even heard of the major in college <laughs> maybe it's just where I went but um so is it kind of popular to do a lot of people do majors like that, forestry and natural resources? At Cal Poly, it's, it wasn't a really big major. And I know they struggle with keeping it um, growing. 
But I think that's going to change because obviously in the West, we're having a lot of big wildfires. People are much more aware of it. Defensible space is a huge part of my job. I don't work for the Forest Service or um, Cal Fire or anything like that. But people hire private residences. They hire us to come and do defensible space for them. So everyone's much more aware of it. We have a lot of work ahead of us. And I think that it will become increasingly popular as a field. What is defensible space? Uh, defensible space is something that property owners can do to help make their property less susceptible to wildfire. Oh. So it's removing fuels uh, leading up to your home. There's different zones you can have. And mm -hmm. so that might be like thinning out your trees or pruning limbs away from your house, even you know reducing grasslands or shrubs anything to help as a fire is approaching so that your home is more defensible. And what about, so wildfire is obviously the biggest threat to California, especially what other things are you protecting from? So we have some mortality events going on and we get a lot of beetle kill trees. It's not primarily the beetles. They aren't the only issue. There's a lot of compounding factors with how our forests are managed and Typically, arboriculture is much more urban, but in Tahoe, our communities are in the wilderness urban interface. So I'm kind of blending forestry and arboriculture. So when um, when someone hires a tree service, is it normally someone so, with so many, I don't know, I guess, so, you know, so many certifications and degrees behind them that is doing it? Or because it seems like you have a, a lot of qualifications. Um, I'd say it's fairly common for tree services to have at least one certified arborist on staff. Um, mm -hmm. company, we have two right now. and But I definitely don't need a degree to be where I'm at. It did help me get my certification earlier and it gave me some background knowledge, but uh, totally not necessary. So you can just get into, you can become an arborist just by going and working on the ground for a year, which I think is great. I think it's awesome. So, okay, why don't you walk us a little bit through your journey you, you were studying forestry and natural resources. Um, and it's you mentioned that you got into the timber sports. I didn't know this was a thing, by the way. The timber, <laughs> timber sports team, what is that? It's hilarious. Um, sometimes you see it on TV and it's like, you know, the guys, the people throwing axes and huh? got cross cut saws and they're log rolling, which is called burling. We actually called it the logging team, but it's it's collegiate timber sports. Mm -hmm. It's a very different style of climbing because it's just pole climbing. You just climb up a utility pole as fast as you can. Mm -hmm. But it introduced me to my, like putting spikes on my feet for the first time and flip lining up something. And I thought it was great fun. Totally talk, weird. Yeah. Talk about it. <laughs> talk about what it what exactly you're doing. You're putting walk us through it. I can't picture you're putting yeah. spikes where. So uh, tree climbers have spurs, gaffs, or spikes. It's all the same thing. And they're like, um, I don't even know how to explain it, but you attach them to your feet, to your boots, uh -huh. and you have a little spur on the inside of your ankle. And it's not good to spike up green trees, and we don't do that at all. We use rope ascension for that. But if I'm removing a tree, I'm going to use those spurs to climb up the tree with a flip line. So kind of like, in Mulan, where they climb up those poles with the sash. Do you know what I'm talking about? 
<laughs> but yeah, sometimes that helps people understand. And yeah, so then we're flipping up the tree and removing branches as we go or creating some rigging system. Oh, that's so cool. And now my I have a 12 year old, he's almost 13, very obsessed with climbing his entire life. Now he does rock climbing, you know, on a team here um, in Philadelphia. So when he finds out about this, it's all over, I think. <laughs> I think I think we'll, we're gonna have to move out to California. But um, can can you talk a little bit about what it feels like to to climb up this high? Do you get scared? Do you get ever get heights um, fears? What is? Do you just are you exhilarated? Like what is it like for you? It's a mix of things. I I love heights and climbing. I also rock climb, and I'm an aerialist, so I'm very comfortable off of the ground. Um, mm -hmm. There's definitely parts of this job that are super challenging and frustrating. Things don't go as well as you hope, or you have to problem solve more, or it's a little scary because maybe, you know, the whole time I'm assessing the safety of the tree, like, is this mm -hmm. tree rotten? Is it going to fail on me? I'm looking for all of those things. And so it definitely keeps you paying attention the whole time. Um, then other times, you know, I think Tahoe's my favorite place to do tree work because I get to go way up in trees. We don't use bucket trucks because the trees are so tall usually. Um, and I get to go look out at the lake and it's really beautiful and I get to swing around. And so sometimes it's really fun. Sometimes it's a little scary. Uh, all in all, it's a good challenge. So you're actually up there in the tree and you get to sort of like take a moment to yourself and look around and appreciate your surroundings. Yeah, don't tell my boss, but yeah. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure that's funny. I'm sure they wouldn't, they wouldn't be bad. Um, that's, that's so interesting. Um, all right, let's talk about the physical aspects of the job because you, you started to talk about what it's like to climb up there and at the heights and everything, but what role does strength and technique play? Yeah, so uh, I think a lot of times when I first was trying to get a job doing tree work, I would apply places and people would see me and say, well, we don't really have anything in the office right now. And I'd say, oh no, I want to be on the crew. Um, and I don't match with people's view of a typical tree climber. They're thinking like big burly logging man. And mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, it would be really nice to be six, four and huge. I'm not going to lie. That would be super helpful. Um, <laughs> for like throwing rounds in the truck and it's taller, I have to lift it to my head height instead of my belly button. Um, but I, it's very empowering to me to realize that I can do the job and the more I do it, the better I get at it and I can do a good job, even though I'm not super huge. I'm, I'm definitely strong. Doing tree work makes you strong. So, you know, it builds, but it's, my boss has been, you know, he helped teach me to climb. And from the start, he said, you, it's not about just strength. There's technique you can do to figure out, you know, to get around strength deficits. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's really, it's really awesome to, to realize I can do this, even though I'm not six, four and 200 pounds. Um, can you go into a little more detail about that? How, how does that work? I think this is something that really probably crosses fields, you know, I mean, women doing construction and um, yeah. driving, you know, truck driving and all different, all different types, types of trades and careers. Totally. I, I agree. Mechanic work as well, mm -hmm. you know, especially when you're learning from men who have different just body sizes and shapes mm -hmm. and abilities. Um, it takes a little longer to figure out like, okay, maybe that 
the way that they're doing it works for them and it's not really going to work for me and I'm going to try this other way and it, it might not work right at first and they might say don't do it like that but then eventually I'll realize this technique works better for me and I can now do it just as efficiently um there's some things like you know if I'm chunking down a big tree which means I'm removing it in small sections because there's not a lot of there's a lot to be said about where I'm standing, where my equipment is to give me leverage so that I can push a bigger, heavier piece. Um, <clears throat> I, to make sure that piece is big enough to cut into firewood rounds, I feel like I squat super, super low so I can make my cut as low as possible, whereas someone taller than me might not have to do that. But uh -huh. if I squat that low, then I can still reach up and have leverage to push that piece off. So small little things like that that I've had to learn throughout the years that I do differently um or you know that works for men too they can do bigger pieces that way also but it's more critical being a smaller tree climber and who taught you yeah so the owner of the company and the two climbers who were on the crew when I hired on are those three pretty much taught me everything and I've just taken what they've given me and kind of tweaked it here and there for myself even small things like when you clean up and you fill a big plastic trash can full of you know brush or scraps of wood or whatever it gets really heavy and like the way that I put it on my shoulder compared to them because I can't reach the very top is different so just little okay. here and there are there organizations for women in this industry so ISA is the kind of overreaching I don't organization for certified arborists and they definitely have some chapters for women and some discussions. Um, I just recently went to my first like roundtable discussion with them actually talking about PPE and workwear for women. Mm -hmm. And I know they do some clinics on like teaching women to climb. And I'm sure that would have been interesting when I was starting. Yeah. Um, like I said, though, our, it's a little different in Tahoe. Like our trees are all conifers. So we're not doing quite the same style tree work that most other places are. Mm -hmm. As women in this industry and really any male populated industry, we have that extra added pressure of feeling unfairly like we have to speak for all women, you know, or that anything that we do represents all women, <laughs> you know, and it's not fair, but that's a lot of times how we are perceived because those around us may not, you know, most are not women. So how do you cope with that on the job? Yeah, that's a, that's a big part of my daily experience on the job site. You know, it's surprisingly not really my coworkers. Like I said, I have a great crew as much as clients and homeowners. For many of those homeowners, I am the first female tree climber they've seen. And so I get all kinds of crazy comments. I actually, I keep a journal just to keep it humorous and lighthearted so that I don't just like hold it all in. Um, but yeah, like knowing that someone's watching me and maybe they've already said some interesting things to me puts a ton of pressure on me when I'm doing, say I'm doing a removal in front of them or I'm pruning in front of them. I feel like, okay, if I mess this up as the first female arborist they've seen, They'll think that like oh yeah there was this woman at the job and she just didn't do as good of a job as the men did and that feels like so much pressure um I'm still yeah. working on you know not letting that get to me and focusing on the positives of that when I do feel like I get to change people's perspectives which is 
hugely rewarding. People yeah. will bring up their little daughters, they'll send videos and tell me they send it to their granddaughter. And I think that's mm-hmm. awesome and it feels great. So yeah, trying to just like forget about that pressure and realize that it won't always be that way and we'll get more women out there. And the way to do that is to keep showing up. Yeah, and do, doing what you're doing, which is spreading the word about this as a career in general is a huge part of that. Um, I love your technique of journaling as part of your coping mechanism for this. And you said it's also just entertaining, (laughs) entertaining you, but it's probably also helping you um, maybe think about what you're, what you're dealing with, maybe seeing some of the changes over time. Um, Can you just talk about your journaling process a little bit more for people who might want to try this? Yeah, I actually... I am not a journaler. I am like a list maker and uh-huh. other aspects of my life. People are like, oh, you should try journaling. I'm like, ah, I don't know. And so I didn't even like view this as a journal until I was like, oh, I'm writing things down. <laughs> journaling. Yeah. But I just, take, I just take, all I do is take quotes that people say and I just document them. And that way they're not like spiraling. And then when I go back and look at it all together, it's like, oh my goodness, this is crazy that you are dealing with this so often and just to put it on the paper and be like it's there I don't have to I don't have to spiral on it anymore I don't have to think about it until Mm -hmm. I want to go look at it and I just actually read through it today and it's interesting to see being with the same company and going to a lot of the same clients houses for six years I've gotten Mm -hmm. way less comments I also probably carry myself a little differently like don't don't you say anything don't even think about it yeah I'm working yeah. <laughs> and so the the journal is like tapering off but I still have stuff to add all the time so so it's it's a documentation process really for yourself but I, I feel like it could also help you I mean really for yourself just to, to help your help yourself categorize things and process but I feel like it could also help you in terms of feeling like you're not imagining your feelings. Sometimes I think that happens to us as women. Like we start, we feel a certain way. We're made to feel a certain way. And we're, we don't really know why we feel that way. It's just like, oh, that day we feel bad about our work or what we're doing ourselves. Well, maybe it's because of the things that have been said to you. So if you see it written down, I can imagine that might help you, you know, put it into perspective. Totally. And, or you like super small comments that, you know, very, usually people are well-intentioned, very, it happens, but very rarely are people like straight up mean about it. Yeah. Yeah. Usually they're just a little misinformed and say mm-hmm. something like, oh my God, a girl with a chainsaw, watch out, which I was like, you wouldn't say that to anyone else. <laughs> right. Um, and so like small things that maybe my coworkers might not even notice when I put it on paper next to all the other small things, it's like, oh, this is a trend and this is a real thing that's a yeah. part in my life. <clears throat> A way to find patterns, yeah. All right, Alicia, any tips for women who want to get into this field? I'd say finding the right crew is critical. And I have, I dabbled in like a couple other workplaces briefly in Idaho. Um, And actually, I see a therapist regularly and she really helped me put in perspective, like it's not necessarily you it's or the crew even being bad it's just finding one that fits for you and that's totally like people do that in other jobs where they're like oh yeah I'm just gonna work at this other business it's I didn't like that company you know mm-hmm. whereas for me I was like oh, I, this, this crew doesn't work for me maybe I'm not cut out for tree work maybe I don't belong in this field 
And so just finding the right crew that's like supportive and mm-hmm. gets you PPE that fits you and yeah. <laughs> encourages you to climb just like anyone else is really, really important. I mean, you can do yeah. it by yourself for sure, but it's going to be way harder. So yeah, such a shout out to your employer who gets you the proper fitting PPE from New Zealand custom made. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very cool. Um, well, where can our listeners find you, Alicia, if they want to touch base with you, get more advice, or just follow you on social? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram. It's just Alicia Streetman. Um, it's it's mostly just my personal Instagram. I don't have like a arborist page or anything yet. Maybe one day, but I'm not a huge social media person. But anyone can always message me if they have questions. I'd love to help other women get into tree climbing. Um, I'd love to have more of us out there. It would be so fun. So yeah, that's probably the best place. Um, they can also email me too. This okay. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If anyone wants to know Alicia's email to reach out to her, just let us know and we'll, we'll get it for you. Alicia Streetman is an arborist and tree climber with Alpine Arborist Tree Care. Well, Alicia, we're so glad we found you. This has really been so incredible to learn about this career and just to meet you. It's been so inspiring. And I love that you're doing this project of reaching out to companies to talk to them about PPE, just kind of like single-handedly on your own doing this. Um, it's, it's such a great mission and this has just been really fun and inspirational. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. You have been listening to the Hazard Girls podcast on Jacket Media, sponsored by Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company. That's junojonesshoes.com. And you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Salaby. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.